Hello everyone, and welcome back to Animation Fascination. I'm Mark Vibber, and with me again is Stanford Clark. Hey there, how's it going? Welcome, welcome. This podcast focuses on the world of animation. Each episode, we feature all the latest news from around the animation industry, and a main topic discussing a TV series, film, or something else. Whether it's traditionally hand-drawn, computer-generated, or stop-motion, if it's animated, it's up for discussion to geek out about with us. Uh, so this week, in our 88th episode of the show, uh, we're going to be talking about Illumination Entertainment's uh, Minions, The Rise of Gru, uh, which is now, uh, I believe, widely available to purchase and rent on uh, like video on demand, um, digitally, anywhere. Not physical media yet, I don't believe it. I don't believe that's until I, next month. Yeah, I think it's next month. I'm not, I'm not sure the exact date, but definitely available on digital platforms. Uh, yeah. to, you know, to, to rent or to buy. Yeah, I know. Usually, that's how they do stuff now. Is like they do the, the, like the digital release about a month before the physical release. Uh, and I'm just gonna confirm that really quick. Yeah, it looks like. Uh, it is, where is the release date? This is great podcast, right from the beginning. <laughs> uh, um, sorry. Let's hear it. Let's see. Okay. Uh, all right. It doesn't have a date yet because it says December 31st, and I know it's not the date because December 31st is like the holding date. Holding date for other, yeah. For, yeah, for anything. I remember that from when I worked at a, a video store. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so we're going to be talking about Minions, The Rise of Gru in this episode. Uh, but before we get to that, we're going to be talking about the news from the past couple weeks. Uh, and the first bit of news uh, was there was this whole big kind of... Every, it, was a, it was a big old... It felt like a like a dumpster fire kind of thing happening this past oh week gosh. or so with with the with Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers Discovery. Discovery. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff got canceled. Um, the the Batgirl movie got canceled, which was like pretty much all done. Uh, that film, however, is not animated, so we're not going to get too much into that. But the other film that was, from all accounts, seemingly more or less like 95 96 percent done it seemed like like they're so much to the point that we're going to talk about this within here but like they were doing the score which is usually like one of the very last things uh so the scoob sequel it was to the the recent film that came out a, a few years ago or was, wasn't it just like two or three years ago i don't know because with the pandemic everything yeah it seems like did that come out in 20, i know right time warp like 2020 maybe when scoop came out yeah yeah it came out in 2020 that and that was supposed to get a theatrical release but then because of everything it ended up going straight to uh hbo max on that uh and then it's sequel which was a it was a 40 million dollar animated sequel for scoob holiday hunt uh was it's going was going to be an HBO Max exclusive holiday film, which would have followed the the younger versions of the Mister Incorporated gang, and the synopsis of it was to celebrate Scooby Doo's first Christmas. Ten year old Shaggy and the gang take him to a holiday themed resort owned by Fred's favorite uncle Ned, 
when the park is beset by a ghostly haunting, the kids must solve a 40-year-old mystery to save the resort and show Scooby the true meaning of Christmas. And the voice cast for that was Frank Walker, uh, Ian Armitage, uh, Ariana Greenblatt, McKenna Grace, uh, Pierce Gagnon, Mark Hamill, Crystal Fernandez, Michael McKeon, Andre Rauer, uh, Ming-Na Wen, Michael Karinsky, and Bill Heller uh, directed it from a script by Paul Dini and Tony Cervone. So much of the cast had like reprised their roles from that yeah, 2020 from the other Scoop Scoop film. Movie, yeah. And so, I don't know, I, like all of this bums me out. It's like I don't, we're never going to get to see it. And there was, or who knows, maybe we will. But I remember there was that, do you remember there was that preview video uh, that HBO Max had put out, I think it was like near the end of last year, and like it had like that first clip of the Gremlin Secrets of the Mogwai show on it. Yeah. Um, And it also, it had like a, a clip from this on it. It was Which like a, sizz- seems... a sizzle reel or something, wasn't it? That they were promoting upcoming yeah. shows and stuff. Which now seems like that's going to be the only like clip we'll ever <laughs> yeah we'll get to see. Sadly, see if it. Which is a bummer. Uh, and I mean, I I was a fan of that new one. I liked how I liked the animation style that they did for it. It was reminiscent ish of like the uh, the original animated series you know just updated to kind of be cg uh and i i liked how it was kind of like i don't know if you ever watched it but did you, did you i watched the, scoob the i saw scoob up? yeah okay did you did you see a pup named scooby-doo do you remember that animated series you know probably mark at least i maybe saw an episode or two all right so that's what like at least like the prequel part of this reminded me yeah. of like when it's Shaggy and Scoob when they're younger. I mean, that's older, right? Is that, like, from the 90s? Or when? Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, there's been so many variations. Yeah, exactly. Spinoffs of the Scooby-Doo show. Uh, but, yeah, like, that one was, like, it was, like, the age of what they would have been in this holiday. One where they were all, like, younger uh, versions of the, the characters in that show. Which, when I got older, that made me think back. I was like, wait... Because I always thought that in like the original Scooby Doo show that they were adults. <laughs> I oh. didn't know that they I didn't know that they were teenagers, teenagers until much later on. Yeah. So like I, at one point I thought I was like, wait, that's kind of morbid to think about. But like, wouldn't Scooby be be dead by the the time they were <laughs> adults? <laughs> yeah. If he was a puppy when they were kids. exactly good point. But I guess if they're teenagers, that's only like maybe five or six years after. A pup named Scooby-Doo. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. So, like, the other thing was that the producer uh, also posted the other day that the score was still recorded after it had been canceled because the recording stage had already been paid for. The orchestra had already been paid for. her, So, might as well do it. Yeah. And then... So I don't know if we'll ever hear that music. I mean that's I mean that's gotta be a bummer too. Like yeah. And there's another little clip that you can kind of see on the screen in the the recording stage there of it. Uh, so and it was uh, Tony uh, Cervone who had posted it 
And I saw that McKenna Grace actually had, like posted like a comment on there too, where it's just like a like a crying, like emoji, and and he had just said, "You were amazing in the movie." So, yeah, it, I don't know. It's just a bummer, like that all, like working on different, like stuff like myself in the past, or just anything that like you work on, if if you're working on it specifically to be shared with other people it's kind of a bummer like if you put all that work into making something and wanting to share it with other people and then no one's no one else is ever gonna see it yeah that's a bummer isn't it i i feel sad about it too i mean when a project gets canceled, it typically sucks unless you unless you just are hating working on the project, right? And here, yeah. all these people are been devoting all this time and energy into this stuff, and then really this get you know these this slate sounds like it just got. I mean, it was just a massacre, right? So yeah, um, and usually it's not like when the movie's almost done, five feet from the finish line. Yeah, yeah. So. And it seems like this was more or less basically just done for like a tax write-off. It's oh, interesting. Like. Yeah. So, I don't know. Hopefully, maybe, hopefully, somehow, some way we get to see it. But if it is done as a tax write-off, that means that we don't get to see it because they can't release it because they can't make any kind of monetary... Uh, income back from releasing it at that point unless they release it on tubi or just put it on youtube for free right or somebody gets a bootleg of it you know i don't know if if warner brothers would probably shut that down but what do you think though i mean i know this is this is as you mentioned kind of out of our purview but do you think that that batgirl movie will ever see the light of day in some in some form or another or is it just gonna be the same you know the same thing i don't know i know that scoob you know like the like that Roger Corman Fantastic Four movie oh yeah where like people like where you can find that like at cons like where it's like a bootleg version of it right yeah. or like the same way you can get like the, the specialized editions of the original of Star, Star Wars trilogy Star Wars trilogy yes <laughs> so maybe maybe there won't ever be like an official release or or yeah like a, like I can get the VHS of like Song of the South or right. like the too um, or, yeah, base like yeah. We just need Ryan Reynolds to to leak it again. Like he, quote unquote, didn't leak that Deadpool footage way back when, just before <laughs> that got picked right. up to become a movie. But yeah, I don't know. Just keep our fingers crossed, and hopefully we will see see what comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll see. So Paramount, uh, I think Paramount. Mark has got to be feeling pretty good about their dis- about their uh, scheduling decisions. You know, yeah. they held off Top Gun, although they didn't hold the trailer. I think I might have mentioned this, but I was so sick of that trailer by the time Top Gun over. I was so glad the movie was good because of that trailer. Like if I see this one more time, but uh, you know, because here we saw it for two years. Um, but uh, still, they they uh, announced this week that there's going to be a Sonic the Hedgehog three. And the, uh, and the release date is December 20th, 2024. So that's cool. Bringing back the same uh, same cast. And that's really 
um, all we know about it. Also, in, in Paramount Scheduling News, um, they have an untitled Smurfs animated musical, which was previously set to open on that day, that December 20th, 2024. And Paramount has moved the Smurfs musical to February 14th, 2025. So, just delayed whole bunch, um, a few weeks. A whole bunch of blue, blue. beings <laughs> uh, in theaters shifting around. Yeah. Because that's uh, now Sonic's going to be going against what the third Avatar film. That yeah, year? and so that'll be interesting so. to see how, how how that goes too. And then again, if the third Avatar movie can keep its release date, <laughs> but uh, yeah. but anyway, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. But you know, Sonic fans rejoice. I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog too um, was huge. You know, yeah. the box office is huge, and I know people liked it. And and uh, anyway, good for them. And what's interesting, what's interesting with this one too is that the other two Sonic films they released like in the spring, like around February, March of each year that they came out. So uh, it'll be interest. It, it's interesting that they have so much faith in this one. Yeah, they're going big it, like, with this. Yeah, like around Christmas. Christmas. Uh, and and against what, like, like everyone else wants to stay away from seemingly his avatar, so yeah, should be interesting to see what comes of that. Uh, but going from there, a kind of an interesting segue is that now when they released that first like teaser poster for the first Sonic movie, like even like before the Sonic redesign. I remember yeah. a lot of people thought the picture of James Marsden on the poster was Chris Pratt. Just I don't know because if it was like the, uh, the yeah. lighting or whatever it was. Yeah. But the reason I say that is to segue into the, the next story of another movie coming out in 2024 because Chris Pratt is doing the voice of all animated characters oh now. Oh my gosh, he's busy. Mario Brothers. He's, Emmett, he's he's yeah Mario. Now he's now he's gonna be Garfield. Uh, so they're doing a, another animated Garfield movie. So not in the same way uh, that we had the, the Bill Murray uh, CG live action mix uh, Garfield movies from uh, years ago. Yeah. Uh, but uh, ironically, in the spring uh, of February 2024, uh, we will be getting the Pr- Chris Pratt Garfield animated film, uh, which is... He's doing the voice of Garfield in that. And then Samuel Jackson uh, is a brand new character to the Garfield universe playing Vic, who is the father of, of Garfield. Uh, and then the plot uh, that will bring Garfield's father back into his life remains under wraps. Uh, but although no other cast members have been announced, the film presumably will feature classic characters from the franchise, including uh, like John Arbuckle and Odie. So it should be interesting for this because the the last those like the, those two Bill Murray movies came out in 2004 and 2006 respectively uh, outside of like the direct video films that they did that were like all CG animated uh, now are you interested in checking this out at all or what do you think you know I gotta tell you I'm not a big Garfield fan but uh, I'm curious with Samuel Jackson involved I think also with uh, Mark Dindal involved as directing it. Yeah. That 
that has me really interested because has Mark Dindal directed anything since since uh, Chicken Little? Uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, and oh, yeah. and Mark Dindal, I think, really has got comedic chops, which he showed expertly with the Unprisoner Groove, you know, done at Disney. But, you know, Chicken Little is pretty controversial and kind of, you know, widely hated, I think, by much of the Disney community. Uh, but anyway, uh, so that has me interested. But, but uh, and Chris Pratt's great, of course, but, I, but, but yeah, not a big Garfield fan. I think I might have seen that first one with Bill Murray. But I, I, I saw, uh, yeah, I saw that first one. I don't, but I didn't watch the Tale of Two Kitties. Although oh, it's funny about me that, neither. me neither. What's f- funny about that is that I remember that. Uh, do you remember the the real Ghostbusters animated series? Yes. So on the real Ghostbusters, the guy that did the voice of Peter Bunkman, uh, you re- may remember was. Dave Coulier. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. But I want to say he also did the voice of Garfield. Oh, in that in that animated series. I'm I might be mistaken, so like here, let me take that back for a second. Uh, no er, uh, Right, IMDb. We can. Uh, oh no, it was it was Lor- No, I got that wrong. It was Lorenzo Music. Um, he did the voice of. He he took over for Peter Venkman from Dave Coulier in the Real Ghostbusters, but he also voiced Garfield in the '80s animated series. Oh, okay. So it was kind of a funny thing where like he voiced Garfield first. Um, also played Peter Venkman, and then Bill Murray played Peter Venkman, but then also voiced Garfield. <laughs> so it was like a, a funny kind of tale, a tale of two kitties. So yeah, tale of two kitties. Yeah. And all all that to be said, it seems like Samuel Jackson likes playing cats be- between our Garfield's dad and the uh, Pause of Fury Legend of Hank film right. from this year. So. He, right. he likes playing those cats. Uh, yeah. Uh, so from there, I will give the next new story to you, Stanford. Yeah, so uh, so another Avatar, of course, we're talking about Avatar the First Airbender world, uh, the Nickelodeon, the beloved Nickelodeon series. Uh, you know, it, it was confirmed, and I think we talked about it, Martin, we, that Nickelodeon is going to be making three feature films about Avatar The Last Airbender. And they're referring to, and they're just calling the studio that's making Avatar Studios. So, yeah, not to be confused with, you know, James Cameron stuff. This is, this is the animated stuff, the the awesome series from, from uh, Nickelodeon. So, uh, some, some announced at San Diego Comic-Con, the first movie is going to be coming to theaters in 2024. And is going to be about Aang. Am I saying that right, Mark? Uh, the character Aang, A-A-N-G. Um, and exclusive Avatar news that they announced at San Diego Comic-Con. This new movie coming out in 2020, excuse me, in 2024 will be set in a time period where Team Avatar are young adults. 
and they uh, released some concept art um, that uh, Avatar News put on Twitter, and it looks pretty cool. So, uh, yep. what, what do you think about what do you think about this news? I think it's pretty cool. Me and uh, Patrick, my son, have been finally watching through the series uh, on on Prime Day. They had uh, like a deal for like the complete series on Blu-ray that had uh, Avatar oh, nice. Airbender and and the Legend of Korra all together as like one box set, which I had been like waiting oh, to pick sweet. up for a while, but it was always like really expensive. <laughs> on that day it was basically like half off of what it normally was so it was like paying Good for call. one of those series and getting the other one for free but yeah we're about halfway through the second season so halfway through the series um and then once we finish that we'll move on to to Korra. but yeah i'm re- we're really enjoying it i'll definitely look forward to this uh and then like if i would highly recommend it too uh uh, we had talked about it like way back uh, before we went on hiatus with the show, uh, with the Green Lantern animated series with our friend Ralph uh, Giancarlo Volpe um, was a worked on Avatar: The Last Airbender, and then did that Green Lantern animated series, and then Dave Filoni, uh, who everyone knows from the Clone Wars and Rebels, and now Mandalorian, amongst many other things. Uh, also worked on Avatar The Last Airbender as well, too. So it's definitely got a lot of uh, talent with it. And then if anybody was a big fan of Spielberg's movie Hook, uh, the character Zuko in the the show is voiced by Dante Bosco, who was Rufio in Hook. So a bunch of cool stuff in the show and uh, things to look forward to while watching that as well. The next thing from there is that they re- revealed the uh, season six episode titles for uh, Rick and Morty. Uh, and my puppy Sylvie wants to, to find out what they are as well. Uh, so, <laughs> Sylvie, Sylvie's a fan. <laughs> yeah. So the, the upcoming uh, title episodes for season six are uh, Bethic Twinstinct. Uh, so yeah, usually these episodes are like basically a title of something else with the character names of from the show like placed into the episode, and it's usually like a play on whatever that episode is going to be called. Uh, and it looks like it actually looks like this list messed up this one thing, unless this is like a two-parter and they split this thing up. So it's uh, okay. Um, Bethic Twin Stink, which is Basic Instinct. Uh, Rick, Rick. Tino, yes. See, like these are gonna be like a pain in the butt to read. Cause yeah, I was like, gonna say real words. Rictional Mortpoons, Rickmas Mortication. Uh, it has it uh, separated, uh, but I'm assuming that's one thing because it's supposed to be Christmas vacation. Uh, full meta Jack Rick. Uh, <laughs> this one's just called Final Destination, so they didn't change that one at all. Uh, Rick, a Mort well lived uh, Knight family. A Rick and King Mortars Mort Solarix <laughs> Analyze <laughs> Piss um, Jerick Sick Mort Although that, that last one sounds like when they already did Because there's a season one episode that was a like a play on Jurassic Park 
So, I'm going to check that really quick. Because I remember in season one of that show, they they did that same thing. Was it? Come on. Oh, no, it was Anatomy Park. Uh, but it, like the poster, or like when they were inside the human body, it looked like the Jurassic Park logo. Yeah. I'm showing Stanford here on the on the video. Uh, but... Yeah, and so in season six, uh, it picks up where they left off in season five. Uh, we're sure and down on their luck. Um, and it says, will they manage to bounce back for more adventures or will they get swept in an ocean of piss? <laughs> Who knows? Well, this says piss a lot. <laughs> Who knows? Piss, family, intrigue, a bunch of dinosaurs, more piss. Another can't-miss season of your favorite show. <laughs> they really wanted to have that, that word in there that many times. Um, sometimes I, I almost wonder if like, cause I feel like Dan Harmon would do that or Justin Rowland where they would just put something like that, like in the premise or like boilerplate for the show because they know that people have to like post that, like on all these different websites uh, yeah. talking about the next season. So they're like, yes, we can, we can get this out there and have, have all of this out there. It'll be hilarious. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so that will be coming sometime with like in the next year or so, and those are all episode titles for that show. You know, those guys are creative and probably kind of yeah. high, but it's okay. They're having fun, right? <laughs> They're having fun. Uh, you know, final story for the for the week, Mark, is that uh, Chris Rock is is a, a an animated version of his sitcom everybody hates chris has been greenlit greenlit yeah. at paramount plus and comedy central they're calling it everybody still hates chris and uh what a cool thing it's an animated reboot uh and it's you know it's got the same format where chris rock will be narrating stories inspired by his experiences growing up as a nerd uh, in brooklyn during the late 1980s uh, rock is the executive producer and um Anyway, I, you know, I think I think it sounds like it could be really, it could be really cool. Uh, the president and CEO of CBS says a reimagining of this groundbreaking, critically acclaimed series has been a source of creative discussions at our studio for a long time. It's exciting to join forces uh, with the comedic genius of Chris Rock as he expands on his vision of the original show in this innovative new format. So. Uh, I'll, you know, I'm interested. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, what, what what an interesting idea. You know, so we'll see how we'll, yeah. we'll uh, see how it goes. I wonder if uh, Tyler James Williams will be uh, involved at all because I know he played Chris in the like the live action series, uh, and he's on the, the Abbott Elementary show right now. So, all I'm, right, yeah. But it it would be interesting to to see. Because, I mean, if it's animated, I guess, depending on... Although they probably want, like, a kid's voice again. Because uh, if you haven't watched Abbott Elementary, he's, he's got, a, like, a super deep voice now that he's an adult. Uh, but I, it'd be interesting to see if, like, they got Terry Crews back, like, as his dad, or or anybody else from, like, that original series. Since, it, like, it is supposed yeah. to be, like, a, re, like a reboot reimagining. But it's called Still. So I, I wonder if it's, like, a, a, re, a requill where you know it's like the reboot sequel type thing yeah right so that should be interesting i 
I didn't watch like the that entire original series, but I like I would watch you know episodes here and there when I was on. Cause wasn't that that was like part it's of funny. The UPN? Yeah, right? yeah, that was, it was, yeah, on it was UPN, UPN and well, and then for the one the CW. for the yeah the, yeah for the one year it was UPN before yeah before it got turned. Yeah, Every, everybody remember UPN? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you and I do, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And like, and the separate WB channel, and then they became. Oh yeah, the together. WB. The the original Warner Brothers merger. Yeah. <laughs> but that, I think, ended better for other stuff. Then. Yeah, yeah, right. I don't remember. I, don't, being... I, I was much younger, so I probably wasn't paying well, attention. Well, likewise, to that. and I don't remember, but I sure don't remember being the massacre that. This latest round, you know, that we've been talking about, is yeah. Anyway, it's, it could have been right. Yeah, I just wasn't <laughs> wasn't as aware. Right. Yeah. Uh, but from there, uh, we will wrap our new segment, and uh, we will then move on to our trailers. Okay. So from there, we are moving on to the trailers. Like I said. So for the first uh, trailer, we're going to talk about the Disney Plus series. Uh, it's kind of like a continuation or prequel uh, of the Cars franchise. Uh, and the reason I say that, because I know that uh, you probably were paying attention just as much as I was to like what everyone looked like yes. in this trailer. Uh, I even messaged our, our buddy over at Pixar Post TJ. And I was like, and I said the same thing. I was like, I know you were paying attention to how uh, Lightning <laughs> looked in that in that trailer for uh, Cars on the Road to try to figure out where this took place. Now, so like, I don't, I don't even know if they said if this is actually like this is supposed to be quote unquote canon. But it's, it's and like another one, so like how we talked about the Baymax series where that was like the, uh, like the Walt Disney animation series, uh, or studios rather, produced an animated uh, show for Disney Plus. This is a uh, Pixar's first show of that so far on Disney Plus. Now, and it, you can definitely tell because it looks just as great as like, and well animated as all of the Pixar films did. Terrific! I thought it just absolutely looks terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and then like so, what I was saying like with like the canon kind of stuff is looking at this. <laughs> so when do you think this takes place? Well, I wonder if it takes place between Cars Two and Cars Three, but. Uh... But honestly, you know, I'm not 100 percent sure. What, what what do you think? Yeah, see, I'm not sure either because like it's it's definitely before three, right? Because yeah, I was like, all right, three. So, lightning's not blue. So, is it before what, two? Yeah, and then it's it's very similar uh, to the Mater's Tall Tales, yeah, kind of storytelling. And I know, the, like, those could do, like, whatever they wanted because it was supposed to just be, right, like... Right, because it was all made up, right? Not, as you said, not yeah, canon. Yeah, making stuff up. Yeah, it's just silly. So I'm wondering if... And, like, I don't, we don't know, like, what the story 
telling like narrative framing is for this and I believe like these are supposed to be shorts too, like the Baymax stuff right I believe that's what I believe I don't think that they're like full like 22 minute episodes or anything like that uh that they that they're that they're a series of shorts although it seemed to me that a little bit of the plot was revealed that Mater has a sister and she's getting married but it's across the, yeah. it's across the country right so they've got it that's what that's what starts the road trip am i right on that or am yeah. i making that am i did i make that up yeah you're right yeah and the like the first episode comes off september 8th uh disney plus day like you said oh yeah so it'll be amongst uh a, a bunch of things that i'm assuming will probably get get dropped that day uh yeah, it says, yeah, Light McQueen and his best friend made her on a cross-country road trip across the United States as they journey eastward to attend a wedding for Mater's sister. Uh, and it says it is set in a world... We already, we already know that. It's set in a world with anthropomorphic talking cars. What? <laughs> You're like, wait, what, what were the well, other... What's the other yeah, what were the other movies and the other shorts? <laughs> it's different. Yeah, uh... Owen Wilson is coming back. Larry the Cable Guy is coming back. Uh, Bonnie Hunt, Cheech Marin, uh, and so that that seems like all the returning cast. And then we have uh, Lloyd Scher as Fillmore, and Quinta uh, Brunson as Ivy. Which I'm not. I'm wondering if Ivy is supposed to be made her sister. That's what I'm wondering. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it says that. Uh, that the show uh, be, will be uh, nine episodes, uh, but yet I don't see anything saying like length. length. So I'm not, and it. So may, maybe it is like full length episodes, because I know like some of these like the things that they announced at that share meeting like uh, a couple of years ago, some of them are like series and some of them are just shorts. So I, th- I this could just be a series like that, but like some of the stuff like you can see in this trailer, like like I was saying, is reminiscent of like the Tall Tales because there's like shots of like the, like dinosaur cars, yeah. Um, what looks like haunted mansion, yeah. It's like <laughs> cars haunted this. mansion, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's like a Mad Max yes. thing that happens at one point in it, and then uh, looks like they're in Cirque du Soleil at one point. But there's a there's a there's one other thing that like stood out in here to me that I'm trying to find in the the trailer again. Um, yeah, the, the Mad Max, and then what's the other one? Oh, there was uh, was it, there's like a UFO thing in here too again. Like oh yeah, there's the Stonehenge with the the car Stonehenge. Oh yeah. Thing yeah so. I. I mean, I'm, I'll be watching this, but yeah, it's it's definitely not uh, after part three, or or within that area because we're we're not getting any like the new characters right. that we met during that film either. Uh, but yeah, w- was there anything that that stood out from the trailer to oh, you Mark, specifically? You know, I I think we've talked about this. So sorry for if it's a repeat, but you know, I love the cars universe uh, i love the carcification of the landscape and the buildings and you know just because i i love i just love automobiles generally and so that yeah. pixar made a movie all about 
cars, you know, it's just like, I just, I just love now. I don't necessarily think that the films have been brilliant. Like I don't really, I don't really like cars too, other than how it looks. I can't say I like enjoy the plot. Uh, I think it's a one joke movie. Um, but I'm in, of course. I'm just like I, I was just so stoked to, to see this trailer, and it looked, it looked creative, it looked funny, and and uh, I, I you know I liked the, I liked the concept that they'll just be going to all these different places you know across the country, and so fingers crossed that it's gonna yeah. be that it's gonna be good. But also, really, I was just so wowed as you had already mentioned by the animation, which did not look like they cut corners. You know, it looks really beautiful. So, uh, really, really excited to, to watch this. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm definitely uh, going to be checking it out when it comes out. Uh, and it should be said, too, that with the, like the Monsters at Work show, that, how well on Disney Plus is not, like, the animation for that isn't, like, produced by Pixar Animation. Yeah, it's produced, it's, produced, it's produced by um, Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but this will be animated in house at uh, Pixar Animation Studio. And also, at, you know, Monsters at Work is not branded as Disney Pixar. It's just branded as Disney, too. So, that was a hint. Yeah. It's a hint, right? Or, yeah. <laughs> or a statement. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, going from there to. to a very uh, different tone of a film with the now uh, Warner Brothers has put out two of these two other films within like this kind of series the Mortal Kombat Legends this Mortal uh, Kombat Legends have you watched any of those movies yeah. Mark? yeah so I watched uh, both the ones they put out so far there was the uh, Scorpion's Revenge and then there was also uh, Battle of the Realms. Uh, so, like with those, like I like I played the video games when I was younger. Yeah. Um, so they have. Um, so like like the Scorpion's Revenge. That one was pretty cool because it, it tells like the whole backstory between like Scorpion and uh, Sub Zero in that, uh, where it's like if you mixed like uh, like an Akura Kurosawa. Uh, story with uh, I, I don't even know like uh, just like a, a like a fighting movie I guess mm-hmm. uh, uh, but like that one has a really, really cool storyline and then the like the the battle of the the realms is the, like the follow up to that that has uh, it's basically like a story of um, the the Mortal Kombat competition so like i don't know if you saw like the like the live action films they did in the 90s i did see the live act well i saw yeah i did um, or like the newer one or like the newer one that they did and i watched the brand new one that warner brothers did was that uh last year or it might have been i think it was early like spring 2021 but i, I could be wrong yeah uh but yeah like so like if if you're like if if, if anyone has played like the video games uh, this is basically, uh, these are very, um, true to, like, the, like, like, the underlying story, 
of like the Mortal Kombat stuff. Uh, so like with this one, this one's uh, more like about uh, it follows like a specific character um, like training, and then in the film uh, we end up seeing that like he it looks like there's like Kano is in this, uh, and I like the. They've been doing like this specific kind of animation recently with like the Warner Brothers animated films like this, where it's like this dark, thick, uh, like bordering yeah. like around the characters. Yeah. Because they've done this in some some of the recent DC uh, DC like animated films too. And I actually I want to say that the guy that's been directing these did or was working on some of the DC films in the past as well. So, like, there's, like, you know, some change or, like, holdover from that. Let me double-check. Check that really quick, because it's... Ethan Spalding, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so he worked on, like, yeah, like Justice League, Throne of Atlantis, and Son of Batman. Yeah, so it's basically him going from from those to now the these Mortal Kombat films, uh, and the like. The voice cast to these are are usually pretty good too. Uh, so like in in this one for the Snowblind film, you got David Wenham as Kano. Uh, people might remember David Wenham from like the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, Manny Jacinto is in this uh, from The Good Place. Uh, he's doing the voice of Kenshi in here. You got Yuri Lowenthal, former Animation Fascination guest, and also Spider-Man in the, the PlayStation 4 video game. Uh, also does the voice in here of Cobra. Uh, and then there's, there's many other people in here as well, too. But that will be coming out very soon and th that trailer just got released like this past week or so for that so looking forward to checking that out um, especially if it's as good as those first two films were I, I don't I'll probably check it out I don't know, I'm assuming that you probably won't. you know not my thing but still uh, you know I watched the trailer uh, Mark are these, on, are these on HBO Max or I know that this trailer said for this uh, new Snowblind it was uh, you know, digital and Blu-ray uh, is what it. Yeah, what so it like it'll it'll as. eventually be on there. Okay. Yes, like the same way as like like the DC animated films will yeah. be. Yeah. And what's interesting about this one too is the first two animated Mortal Kombat's that they did got released on a 4K physical release. So and it doesn't seem like they're promoting a 4K release for this. So I'm just not sure if they're not doing one because that's kind of interesting. I don't know. That kind of bugs me usually because if you start releasing a series in a certain format and then you stop or just go back to the previous one, then... Yeah. So I tan real quick side tangent is that like when I used to buy the show How I Met Your Mother when that was coming out on physical release, Yeah. the first three seasons were on DVD. Season four, they released on Blu-ray and every other season after that was DVD again. Weird. So, so and, and it's because it's cheaper to release stuff on, on DVD. On DVD, so. yeah. But the, it, I was like, I guess if it had sold better on the Blu-ray or... Yeah. I don't know. 
it, this kind of bugged me, and I was like, at least like make like the complete series set when it came out available on Blu-ray. Like they eventually went back and did that with like like Smallville and Supernatural and stuff that had only gotten DVD releases from like the initial few seasons, but then yeah. Anyways, that's just like a side like annoyance. Uh, but the last trailer that we had this week uh, is, I think, the one that I'm the most excited about out of yeah, these, for these sure. trailers. It was for uh, Guillermo del Toro's uh, Pinocchio that's going to be on Netflix. And I just like the like the mood setting that is set with this one. And oh, yeah. if it wasn't on Netflix, I would have I would tell you that that Leica animated. Oh yes, it has such a look of you know, just the artistry and the, I mean just just the art design you know the production design of it. It's so distinctive. Yeah. It looks so Guillermo del Toro. And I'm with you, but it, yeah, it looks like it could be straight from Leica too. I love the design of Pinocchio. Uh, that he's just all just kind of like this natural wood, um, and yeah, and that's what's the other thing I was gonna say about the character designs is that all of the stop motion puppets in this, ironically, in a way, everybody's a puppet in this movie. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that is ironic. Every, everything kind of has a wood esh texture to it, so it's in in that way it is. Uh, like we're saying, like they're they're all maybe that's meant to be like some kind of uh, subtle subtext uh, to the movies, like everyone's a puppet. Yeah. Uh, but I I like some of this like the stuff that, that like you hear uh, this for like Hugh McGregor saying here as uh, like this film's version of a Jiminy Cricket esque character. Um. Was it? it was like uh, like imperfect sons and imperfect fathers. I was like, oh, this movie's gonna make me cry, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, there's been so many like different retellings of Pinocchio, and like, do you? There is a live action Pinocchio. Um, yeah, with Drew was Carey. Was is that the one you mean? Or or is there was an uh, the Jonathan Taylor Thomas one? Oh. Do you remember that one? Vaguely. I remember I had that. On, JTT. Yeah, was that a so was that a Disney so one or who do you know who, who made it? Um, that I don't. It was it was advent, the Adventures of Pinocchio. I remember that like the cover it was like a slip cover, uh, like that was lenticular, so that if you moved it, uh, <laughs> nice. Pinocchio changed from uh, the puppet the to puppet the real to boy, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah. Uh, when did that? Yeah, that that came out in. 96. Okay. Oh, and Mar- Martin Landau was Geppetto. Oh, wow. Rob Schneider was in that movie. As the f- it was like one of those many random movies that Rob Schneider was in in the 90s. <laughs> was, if, you, if you just named a movie in the 90s, you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah Rob, Rob Schneider was in that. that. <laughs> uh, it was uh, it was New Line Cinema and Warner Brothers. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of Warner Brothers. But kind of at the uh, apex yeah. of Jonathan Taylor Thomas's, right... Probably his popularity. Yeah, like between between like that and home improvement. uh, Like I'll be home for Christmas and all the the Jonathan Taylor Thomas stuff. Yeah, but but yeah, I I am really looking forward to this. That yeah, one of it's one of the two Pinocchio movies that we'll get. Yeah, we're getting two. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely. 
And like I don't have anything against the like the Tom Hanks one, but I'm definitely looking forward more to this one. Well, just because it's I, original. I I just like the yeah, like the more original kind of adaptation of like a story we've already seen yeah. a bunch a bunch of times. So I will be very uh, also hopeful to see this in uh, a theater too, because I was able to see. Uh, like the Gray Man. Oh, did you see the Gray in Man theaters? in the theater? Excellent. Yeah. I missed that. Uh, um, like we said in the last episode, we, neither of us got to see the Sea Beast in a theater, but I'm gonna definitely try to make sure that I get to see this in a theater when it comes out uh, yep. closer to like the holiday season. Uh, but that is our our last trailer. And um, before we get into our main topic, talking about minions, uh, my recommendation this week. Uh, la- last time it was the trailer. For this show uh but this just dropped these all these shorts just dropped today on disney plus they're all about like three to five minutes each did they drop them all only... to mark or are they just doing yeah. like well, okay yeah and so like the first short is set uh in between uh guardians volume one and guardians volume two and then the rest of the shorts are set uh in between the volume two story proper and then that that little bit of time in between the credits uh before we then see the teenage group later in in the credits for volume two so in that small segment of time in the the credits of that movie that's where the rest of these take place with like the this this baby version of group um and they're they're all pretty fun uh, and really cute, and uh, we get like an appearance from Rocket Raccoon uh, with Bradley Cooper doing the voice of Rocket in there as well, and he plays a, a very good dad uh, Rocket in here in a couple scenes. Uh, so I, I would highly recommend this. The animation in it looks great, uh, and it is so it is like all like the CG characters from it. So you, like you don't see. Uh, like Star Lord or uh, Gamora or Drax or Mantis or anybody like okay. that. Uh, so so it's just Rocket and like Groot or like other uh, like alien creatures like that. So yeah, I would highly recommend it. I'll and I'll put a link to that for for the Disney Plus series there too. I'm looking forward to checking that out. I hope to be able to check that out this week because that that uh, I know yeah, that looks I think cool. like looks the, really fun. I think like the full amount of time it would take you to watch all of them would be like maybe thirty. Yeah, minutes. it's just like just you know on lunch break or something, right? That'll be, that'll be awesome. Yeah. So, Mark, my recommendation is just more of like kind of save the dates. Uh, every year, G Kids and Fathom Events. I guess not every year, but they've been doing it for a few years in a row. They have what they call Studio Ghibli Fest. And they, they screen um, kind of six or seven Studio Ghibli films. And it's a, just a great chance to see them on the big screen. Even though you can now watch these yeah. on HBO Max, at least until, you know, that gets killed. We'll see, you know. Uh, enjoy it while you can, right? But, uh, but on yeah, the big one, screen... One of, like, the best selections of stuff. Oh, yeah. Seriously, right? Um, yeah. On the big screen, 
uh, coming up is is only yesterday from Studio Ghibli. It's on August eighth and August 29th. and uh, they've got their screening. I think usually it's two two screenings a day, and you just need to check the listings. It's at fathomevents.com, and and you can you can find the Studio Ghibli uh, Fest link. And find out, you know, you pick your zip code in and see if it's playing in the theater near you. Hopefully it is. And then seeing which, which screenings are uh, either uh, English subtitles or, or uh, English dub. I kind of typically like going to the subtitle one, personally. <laughs> but uh, but right. anyway, but I, these, these are great, and I love these films. So And then coming up in September is Howl's Moving Castle. That's September 25th, 26th, and 28th. And then finally this year, to wrap things up, is The Great Spirited Away, which is October 30th, November 1st, and November 2nd. So anyway, Studio Ghibli Fest is awesome. Mark it on your calendars and go check it out if, if, uh, if it's uh, something you enjoy. Yeah, fa- I, I'm a big fan of Fathom events just because of like the different stuff they have options yeah, for. Yeah, like, they've got great stuff. Be, be, between like these and then like the Coraline is coming back with All the right. Fathom event. And then uh, Paranorman for its tenth anniversary. Nice. Which, uh, right. That made me. That made me feel. I was like, it's like really? Paranorman is already. I know. <laughs> I know. And, and that's like also one of one of the only ways that uh, like Clerks Three is getting released too is like through Fathom. Through events Fathom stuff. events, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, that's gonna do it for our main part of the show, and then from there we're gonna come back in a moment with. Our main topic, which is Illumination Entertainment's Minions, The Rise of Gru. So we will be back in a moment after the trailio. Trailio? The trailer audio. Time to strike! My minions will save me. You like picking on little guys, huh? I am a master of Kung Fu. Ah. Uh, Kung Fu? Smoochy, smoochy. Hmm? I will teach you. Okay, and we are back. Uh, so that what you just heard was the, the trailer for the uh, recent released film, Minions, The Rise of Gru. Uh, and this just came out uh, this year on... Um, well, first debuted in, in June at the Annecy Festival and then uh, released in the United States on July 1st. Now, like I remember this movie was supposed to come out, what was it? Originally, 2020! Yeah, July yeah July 3rd, 2020. And again, and then trailers for July two years. 2nd, 2021. I remember the McDonald's toys back in July of 2020. Oh, that's right. For the, movie. <laughs> the McDonald's toys. They couldn't, yeah, they and couldn't pull those, so they just went for it. Yeah, like like all the the food, like snack tie and stuff. Uh, I remember all that out there as well. Uh, yeah, and like we said, the the film was released on digital re- recently on August second, so which is only about a a month exclusively to the theaters. Uh, that's not even it wasn't that's not even like the forty five days like some people get with that uh it will end up eventually uh on um, nbc universal's peacock. peacock streaming service within four months of the theatrical release as part of like uh the whole 18 month deal that they have 
Um, and then it says it would move to Netflix for 10 months before returning to Peacock for the last four months. That just seems overly convoluted. You know, I know, right? Mark, and I also, I probably overspoke saying that the trailer, they showed the trailer for two years. I think finally they stopped showing it, at least the movies that I went to. But they yeah. were showing it still a bunch, even after the release date, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and, and we've kind of talked about it a bit too, where it's like, uh, usually, um, or for this, and it stopped being like story trailers for the movie and ended up being more like, here's a scene from the movie, and then here's some quick cut shots of other scenes. Remember, remember, this movie comes out this day. Yeah. As compared to like, you know, like the first trailer we got, it was like, you know, here's the story of the movie. Uh, but, so yeah, this. Now, you saw this recently? I did. I saw it like July 9th, kind of like a week or so okay. after it opened. Yeah. Uh, so you got to see it in a theater? I saw it in the theater. I did not see it in IMAX, but okay. but I saw it on you know on the big screen. Was your theater filled with, with kids? You know, or it was a Saturday else? matinee, if I'm not mistaken, Mark. And it, you know, the theater was about half full, maybe three quarters full, and there were a lot of kids. Anybody in suits? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't get to see any of that. Bummer. <laughs> right. they, or yeah, maybe because maybe they got weird... kicked out. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I, I unfortunately didn't get to see it in theaters, so I, I, I literally just watched it today uh, at home in our living room. But uh, your uh, your quick. Like initial takes on the movie after you finished watching it. So I know that I mean the minions. The minions are are funny. I mean it's just you know it's juvenile and funny, uh, and Gru is Gru is an appealing villain. Of course, we all do Steve Carell. Uh, I I've got mixed feelings about Illumination, and I don't always want to come across as I'm the angry old man because I really am not. You know, I mean, maybe I am. Marcus have to own up, own up to it. I think it's more just like, uh, I guess I just feel like I'm uh, some of this stuff. I'm just not. I'm just not the audience for it. You know, I mean, I'm a person. I'm a moviegoer, and I'm an animation fan. But, but, uh, uh, you know, clearly. What's I guess what's impressive to me is that if I believe that most of these Illumination films are made in France, yeah, in Paris, and and that they're able to create, you know, an, an aesthetic and a level of comedy that really works both for European and American audiences. I mean, I know some humor is universal, but also, you know, they rely on a lot of uh, pop music and different things. You know, Illumination does for for their with their storytelling and anyway so I, I just think good for them that they're able to make this that they're able to make it work and i know it's, it's just widely popular and this movie just made truckloads truckloads of money uh so some of it worked for me and some of it didn't i guess they should leave that maybe we can start getting into more to more to more of the details so you know i laughed but but you know by the time it was over i was probably i was grateful yeah, so like like in Illumination, formerly Illumination Entertainment, uh, they've done the Despicable Me, 
like franchise movies like so the despicable me films proper and then these two minions films uh the secret life of pets films the sing films uh, and then they also did the adaptations of dr seuss books uh lorax and the grinch uh and like the just the minions are definitely like their most popular oh yeah uh, like the things that came out of any other films uh like they're they're in like the illumination like there are the company logo like if, if logo you see sing or a uh, secret life of pets or anything like that uh now uh, what's kind of what i liked about this and what was what i liked about the original one or for for the original minions uh was like it didn't like it had Gru in it but like he wasn't like like oh i was like Gru was almost more of like an easter egg yes in that film to notice uh and like if they hadn't made this one then too like it was like oh they'll end up with him and then everything you saw from the despicable Me movies happens after what what they do with him um so like they left it open where they could have just like you know story goes as we saw it from there or they ended up making this uh, but i liked but i liked in that one was just like the like this whole that whole like kind of like 60s um early 70s story with like sandra bullock's character in that first film and kind of like th like the story of like how these minions who are seemingly immortal uh like we're with like different like villains and like bad guys through different like, history, with like, different yeah people we're, like, all like, the a time rex um and stuff like that and then like in this one it's like set in the like the mid 70s uh grew as uh 11 and oh, what's interesting though is this says that it takes place in 1976 and what and okay and then jaws came out in 1975 yeah and what Jaws came out in the summer of uh, June 20th 1975 I was like how long was Jaws in theaters you know it was in theaters for a long time Mark I mean you know aging yeah, myself I know, like, be, you know like, I was very little but but very aware of movies you know and I, it seemed to me that Jaws was playing, and then of course the world was the movie going experience was, I mean the way you know stuff gets released and stuff because again we weren't watching these on TV or anything. Eventually yeah. home video came out, but that wasn't until I think kind of late seventies, early eighties. But um, uh, I think I swear Jaws was in our local theater for at least a year. But I you know I could be wrong, but but it seemed like it was there. For a really long time, and same with same with like Star Wars, when it came out in seventy seven. Yeah. yeah, I think in in my lifetime the only movie that's been like that was Titanic. Yes, like I like I remember that being in in theaters for basically like a whole freaking year. Oh yeah, yeah. But, but I I did like the fact that since this movie's produced by Universal, sure, that they could use the Jaws poster. Right. They use the John Williams score, and then like there's straight up audio from the movie 
in the theater when Gru is sitting in there, like the you can hear the shark, yeah, um, like playing like. A, so I thought, I was like, I wonder if if Spielberg got to to see Minions: Rise of Gru. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spielberg and Illumination fan. <laughs> but well, the the other thing I liked about this uh, this movie too was like, it was a good stitching film where it stitched the first Minions movie with what we've seen in the other Despicable right. Despicable Me films. Um, yeah, like, it really works uh, like with the, these like Yeah, like these like the little like hints of like Jason Siegel's uh character from the first movie. Like, yeah. he, like he gets um sees uh, like Doctor Nefario, uh like a younger version of Doctor Nefario in here and then he, Yeah, like, that was this, continuity was good. Yeah. I and I th- I think I liked this one actually more than the like the first Minions movie that they did. Oh, I, yeah, um, I did too. Because I liked uh, like a lot of what they did. I liked the like the James Bond, like uh, kind of like I don't, was it salt like 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 Saul Bass reminiscent uh, opening that that seemed very like late 60s early 70s James Bond movie type stuff with like the silhouettes and like diamonds and everything on uh, like in that opening but uh, I don't know I just I liked what they did with the story in here Uh, like the cast in here like you said with Steve Carell came back as Gru Uh, we had Pierre Coffin back as all of the minions, basically. Yeah, particularly uh, yeah, Taraji Kevin Stewart and Bob, but he's all of them, right? He's playing, he's playing all of them. Yeah, kind kind of like a, um, what's his name? Um, I'm gonna feel bad if I don't remember his name. He does the voice of like Perry the Platypus. And oh yeah. All the all of the clones, um, Clone Wars, and I, I'm gonna feel bad if I do not say his name now. It'll come to both of us here. I am trying to. What's his name? What's his name? What's his name? D. Bradley Baker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and then yeah, Tarashi P. Henson is so. There's the vicious six. So Tarashi P. Henson is bell bottom. Uh, we got Michelle Yao, uh, straight from everything, everywhere, all at once in here as well as Master Chow. Uh, and then we have our Riza. Uh, as the biker Otto befriends on his way to San Francisco, I almost thought that Otto was going to leave the rest of the minions and like pair up with this. Uh, yeah, the the biker because I don't remember Otto being in the other Despicable Me movies. I don't either. I think uh, it was a new character, but I bet again, yeah. I'm not the one to ask. <laughs> There's a bunch of them in the background in all those movies, so I don't know. Uh, Jean Claude Van Damme is. Jean Claude, Claude. <laughs> C L A W E D. Lucy Lawless as Nun Chuck, which I liked the the wordplay oh, of her being the, a nun with Nun Chuck. The Vicious Six were my that was my favorite. They were they were my favorite parts of this film. Uh, yeah, uh, Dolph Lundgren as uh, Vengeance. I remember uh, Danny Trejo as Strong. Like some. The only thing I will say is that I don't feel like some of these characters talked enough for for me to know that that was. I didn't know that the yeah. Dolph Lundgren, Lucy Lawless, Jean Claude. The casting 
the ca- I mean, the casting makes it funnier, and I didn't know until the end credits. Yeah, I could I couldn't distinguish the voices. I think I think I could yeah. Taraji P. Hansen, but uh, but then also she was speaking a lot too. Yeah, she was. She definitely talked the most out yeah. of that group of them. Yeah. And Alan Arkin, you know, who the uh, playing yes. Wild Knuckles, the former, you know, kind of the kicked out or disgraced <laughs> leader of the Vicious Six. I also think it's funny that they got Julie Andrews to be a voice. Oh yeah, she came back. In, yeah, in in, the, in, uh, in these films with Gru's mom. Yeah, I, like like you were saying, I, I really enjoyed uh, Alan Arkin in this movie too uh, as Wild Knuckles. So it was a nice little uh, little Miss Sunshine uh, yeah. reunion there between Alan Arkin and Steve Carell. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, they didn't have like huge roles in this, but the, like it was basically more cameos from like where they showed up before uh, within like the franchise with like Will Arnett, Steve Coogan, uh, and Michael uh, Beatty reprising their respective roles as Mr. Perkins, a bank worker who later becomes the president of the Bank of Evil, uh, Jason Segel's character's father uh, from the first movie, uh, Silas Ramsbottom, is an agent who later becomes the director of the Anti-Villain League uh, from Despicable Me 3. Uh, and then the VNC announcer from the original Minions film. Um, and then, like, Jimmy O. Yang does a voice Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Michael Richardson and John DiMaggio, who, you know, big prolific uh, voice actors, also uh, voice Wild Knuckles' goons in here. Uh, now, was there there's anything else in the movie that, like, stood out to you that, that you enjoyed or uh, that you thought was, like, well done besides, like, the music and the animation was, like, within the movie? Not really. Um... You know, again, I don't. F- this movie wasn't made for me, so I don't think it's really fair for me to <laughs> criticize it. But uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I find the minions are funny. I don't, but I don't have a a real affinity for them. And and again, I, for me, it, it just ran out of its welcome. I was I was definitely ready for it for it to be over. However, though, I mean, again, don't get me wrong, they can be so funny. And 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 I also think. The physical comedy, the quote-unquote physical comedy, I mean, it's it's animated, but they're just speaking gibberish, you know, and you can't necessarily understand okay. them. And, but I think that's difficult to do. So, you know, yeah. kudos. It, like, definitely walks a fine line. That's some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, I, yeah, just, I, I was really trying to think about, you know, while preparing for the podcast today, like, what don't I like about this franchise? And, and it's, it, it, it's hard to pinpoint other than, you know, I guess I just don't necessarily find it that, that interesting. But as I said, I'm not, you know, I'm not the one, I'm not the one to ask uh, about it. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, some of the, like the stuff that I did, I uh, like the, to highlight in here was like the music too because since it was like set in the 70s uh there's either songs that were like covers of music from the 70s or um like just actual songs from the 70s 
Or I thought was, uh, my, my wife's a big fan of like Tame Impala, uh, so she liked his uh, thing, her song on here with Deanna Ross for Turn Up the Sunshine, yes. which is like the, like this supposed to be like the single for the this movie. Uh, and uh, there was, so I thought it was kind of funny because I, I went to a, a, like a music festival with Patrick and uh, my wife Kelly earlier this year and one of the days St. Vincent was there and I realized they did a cover of Funky Town on, on this movie and then one of the other days that I w was there with my wife Tame Paula was there so I was like uh, what did I go to nice. the, the Minions Rise the of Minions Groove, Rise of Groove. <laughs> you just got a little preview <laughs> of yeah. what was to come when they finally released the movie yeah. The the thing that I did think was funny in here was uh I they did like this like similar version of the Despicable Me theme song, like a new version, but like almost like a reprise of the Despicable Me yeah. uh music from the first film, which I thought that was a well done redone version of that it was like a, a children chorus. Yes. And then I liked the the minions version of the Rolling Stones, uh, you can't oh, always get what see, you want. <laughs> that was a high point, actually. That was really funny. That was very funny. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah well, well, Steve Carell and then and then it like and then it segues like into the actual Rolling Stone version of the song. That song, I'm always gonna like connect with a freaking Coke commercial though, because they used that for these Coke commercials. I don't know, know how many years ago now, but for such like a prolonged period of time and it was like this specific little segment of the song like the like like the high point of the summer like you can't always it was like it's only that part that they used in those coke commercials and i would say just do a google search for it after and you'll see what I'm okay talking about. but it's like i think it was because they played on like the the blockbuster uh oh. like trailer then they'd DVD play in the thing. store. So, yeah, so I'd hear it over I and don't know over. how many times over an eight over an eight hours shift. Yeah. That's why I still when I hear like certain sign lines in movies, even if I haven't seen the movie that many times, or even if I have not seen it at all, like takes you back. Yeah. Like it like it ruined um the here's looking at you kid. In Castle Casablanca. Casablanca. Because it, well, and then when I finally saw that, I was like, oh, he only, that line must be so popular because he only says it once in the movie, like a, like a very distinct time. He says that like four or five times in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then the fact that I had already like heard that over and over again, like in like, like these clip package things that they yes, played on that. Yes. I was like, Man, this would have hit a lot better like if I hadn't seen it many times. <laughs> right. right. And then if he had if Bogart had only said that once in the movie. Rather than over and over. Yeah. But yeah, so that's uh that's basically what we have to say about Minions Rise of Gru. I do know that they are making a uh I'm pretty sure they're making a Despicable Me. For oh, sure. I think it's going to uh, be Minions and Gru movies until you know the end of time. Although, for 
this this makes me feel like this is the last Minions movie just because it like kind of like it ends where you'd assume I mean like I know he's only 11 in this but they kind of end it in the point where like you can only do so much before it then becomes a despicable me zero I guess yeah but yeah despicable me yeah, I want to. I saw something about Despicable Me Four like the other day. Yeah, it's twenty twenty four. So, and part three came out in twenty seventeen. Uh, yeah, it says release date set for twenty twenty four, July third, twenty twenty four. So we will see adult grew again uh, with his adoptive daughters and his wife in that film yeah a couple of years from, or yeah, just a couple of years from yeah. now that that's the last one the last thing i want to just say about this movie is that i did like uh when they had the minions tell them that they had a bad dream and they wanted to to get in bed with him i was like i do kind of like that subtle kind of um setting up uh and layering of his character to be like oh okay you see like how like he'll end up basically falling for like being a, like a father to eventually like yeah. the, the three girls that he yeah like everyone's seen the, the first movie but I, I liked that kind of like subtle kind of you can see the start point yeah. to where it'll end point thing so yeah like you said that if anything this movie is very good at tying loose ends and connections from the first Minions one to the first Despicable Me movie and closing those loops so that everything connects together. But yeah, that is going to do it for episode 88, everyone. Uh, well, coming up on the, like, the next few months, we'll, hit, we'll finally hit episode 100. Uh, I want to say probably in January or February, close to... Uh, weirdly, around around my birthday in January, if everything lines up still correctly, awesome. so be, that'll be interesting. It'll be fantastic. Uh, and it's and it's only taken us so long since we took a, a seven year hiatus. Um, but uh, don't forget, you can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Mark Robert, just my first and last name, M A R C V I B B E R T. And I'm at Stanford Clark. And you can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, um, both those places just by searching for Animation Fascination on Twitter, at Animated Podcast. You can email us at animation pod, yeah, animation fascination podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out our website where all these episodes are posted as well. Uh, you can find Animation Fascination merch uh, with our link uh, through our, our website and on the link tree as well with t-shirts and whatever else you want to get there uh our episodes are edited by trent vactor and then i'm mark robert for myself sanford clark uh thank you for listening and make sure to tune in again next time everyone banana